0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D H A R M A Media.com. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations. I'm here with my man Z. And we got special guest David Nick. And we got Caitlin back from her trip to see the family. So we're ready to rock and roll. And Z, we were talking – you're getting really fired up. And we were talking about the vaccine and the rollout of the vaccine. I want to make it clear we're not talking about whether the vaccine is good or bad. We're not taking a stance on that. You observe though, that the vaccine – People are getting vaccines and along with the vaccine as an incentive, you're getting free donuts, free pizza, free all kinds of stuff that's going to make you fat and sick and more susceptible to COVID or any general health condition. So when we look at that, it's kind of like, how come no one is having that conversation? Is that such an uncomfortable conversation to have? We've had this worldwide health crisis We've had a global lockdown for over the last year. We've had millions of people infected. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, probably in the tens of millions, maybe beyond that. Uh, Globally, we've had several million people die. We shut down the economy. We rebooted. We've gone through just these enormous steps to deal with this pathogen that disproportionately affects people who have pre-existing conditions. So the ones who are suffering from the most from this are the ones who are overweight, who have diabetes, who are crushed by anxiety to begin with. They're the ones who are the most vulnerable. And that's a big part of the reason that we went through this crisis, because we don't have a healthy population. So yes, maybe it would have been difficult otherwise, but if the standard of health were higher... We certainly wouldn't have seen the extreme burden on our healthcare resources, and we wouldn't have seen the number of deaths. A lot of this tragedy could have been avoided, or at least mitigated, if collectively we took better care of ourselves. We need a certain level of baseline health just to survive in this world. And if we're really concerned about disease and taking care of people and making sure that they don't die... Why are we offering them things that are going to poison them and lead to the very conditions that make them susceptible to COVID? It's just bizarre. You know, on the one hand, we're providing these vaccines. On the other hand, we're giving out free donuts, which means that we're going to help you debilitate yourself. We're going to help you get to an unhealthy state so that even if you can survive COVID with the vaccine, the next pathogen that comes around is going to take you out. We look at this and it's bizarre. And there are a couple of things that are bizarre. Uh, The first thing is what I just mentioned. It's just an odd policy. Uh, uh, One hand is doing one thing. On the other hand, uh, we're doing something completely different. I think what's also odd about this, if you dig a little bit deeper, this stuff isn't surprising. So it's surprising to you, Z, and you're getting all fired up about this. To me, it's not surprising. I I completely agree with your point of view. Everything you've said makes sense to me about what a ridiculous policy this is. But it doesn't surprise me because this is just what I've come to expect. This is nothing out of the ordinary. And most people, I would argue, don't even recognize this as a problem because they're so conditioned to this kind of behavior that you do something, you get a little bit of a reward, you get some junk food, you get the sugar high, and you're on to other parts of your life. And this is the best part of your day when you get that rush from the fat and the salt and the sugar that you're eating. Uh, Forget about the fact that it's destroying your health, it's messing up your mood, it might make you depressed, it might make it harder to put on muscle mass, so you're more likely to put on a lot of fat. Uh, But we've just come to accept that this is what we do, this is what fun is. This is how we reward ourselves, treat ourselves after all the stresses that we go through. So it's really weird when you start talking about it in these terms, But it's not surprising to me because no one talks about it in these terms. Uh, This is just accepted behavior. Uh, I see it with my kids. Every time we go out somewhere, uh, we see family, people want to give them sugar. They want to give them popsicles, uh, lollipops, cakes, cookies. And yeah, of course, the kids are happy. uh, But uh, guess what? We're poisoning our children. And so this is a pet peeve of mine. But then if I say anything, uh, the reaction is, oh, what's the big deal? They're just being kids. Uh, they're just enjoying themselves. Uh, so so much of this is the weight of habit, uh, the weight of what we have gotten used to as a society. And maybe that inertia prevents us from having these uncomfortable conversations and standing up and saying, what the hell is going on? Uh, the emperor has no clothes. This doesn't make any sense. Are we really doing what's in our best interests?" We can't even have those conversations because people don't recognize anything out of the ordinary. So, Z, I I want your perspective on this, these uncomfortable conversations. I mean, where are we today? Have we gotten to a point where dysfunction has become so normal that we don't even recognize it? And when we do recognize it and we speak out about it, a lot of people can't even understand. It's almost like we're speaking a different language because they don't know where we're coming from. So give us your sense of where we are today as a society, and what do we do about it? How do we get to the point where we start having more intelligent discussions?
1: Well, Vin, again, we have to always state whatever we do is our mission is to mitigate human suffering. Most suffering is self-inflicted, and we want to give people an understanding of how you may consciously or, or more than likely unconsciously introduce great harm and suffering to yourself. The whole reason that we go through discomfort and pain is to learn, is to learn lessons. Your little a kid touches a hot skillet. They know not to touch the stove. It hurts really bad. They develop strategies of avoiding hot stoves and so forth. You go through a, a, a the torment of a bad relationship. You hurt, you ache, it beats you up. You learn new strategies of interacting with people. <clears throat> and so through that discomfort and pain, it opens up the intellect. To problem solving, and from there you develop uh, a set of traits and skills. Then, tandeming with that is the ability to interact, communicate, and it is only through the same kinds of discomfort, pain, struggle that you learn to be a good communicator, a good connector, Uh, the doorway to intimacy is unlocked through the uncomfortable conversation. Uh, That sit-down, the deeper connections to friendships are not the person you call for a great time and party, but that person you can call during a great hardship and you have an uncomfortable discussion with them about something going on. They respond, you figure out a way to resolve it. Whenever you avoid the uncomfortable, the difficult, the painful, then you are actually avoiding an opportunity to grow as a human being and as a person. So if we look back on everything from Kofifi to whatever else, if we look at causality, what caused us to be as sick as we are? What caused us as as, as a general society to be so sick that the visitation of a cold or flu could shut down society. Why? Because that's the straw that broke the camel's back. It wasn't that. It was the thing. But did we learn anything from this uncomfortable time? I look at uh, an article I was reading about India and the number of deaths and uh, the the uh, basically they're stacking bodies up anywhere they can behind hospitals and things and body bags because there's, there's no... Uh, uh, Facility to burn them fast enough or bury them fast enough, and I thought about it. I said, "Wow, that that's that's messed up." But how did it get that bad? See, that's the conversation we have to ask: How did it get that bad? So, can we? Why did we avoid that discussion before it got that bad? Let's say you're in a marriage or relationship. I like to relate that to families. Right before the day before you divorce. When you could take it no more. How did it get that bad? How did it go from being in love and honeymoons and 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 engagement rings and willing to drab down on your knee and do all this other kind of stuff to I hate you so much I'm I'm willing to spend a fortune just to sever you from my life? How did it get that bad? So let's say divorce is Kofifi. Right? And so how did you go from honeymoon to kofifi? What what did you avoid along the way that you could have used as a learning option? Well, you didn't have those discussions in the beginning because they were uncomfortable, they were awkward. So you figured out ways of keeping everything comfort comfortable, superficial. Let's not go that deep. Let's not rock the boat. I'd rather not speak about that. I'd rather not deal with that because it is uncomfortable. It's a little painful. But you know what? Those are the teachers. So here we are, I was thinking about what's going on in India, and I say I've been to India a lot of times. May Dil Say Hindustani who I love India. Love India. But I also see in that love of India, I see things that are screwed up. It is mired in in caste affiliations. Caste system is still a big thing. The abuse of class, the uh, it's 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 normal to abuse people of different classes. There's shadism, there is a religious uh, Anemone, there's a lot of religious rivalry. Anywhere you see that, that's a problem. That's a painful thing that needs to be addressed. That's your fan on the skillet that's teaching you a lesson before it's third degree burns and your hand has to be chopped off. How come we didn't pull away from that right away? So right away you go there and you see, okay, this isn't cool. So also because of that, there's a lot of general failure of infrastructure. Because of caste, class, gender, and religious issues that they've never really dealt with, then the law doesn't work unless you can pay for it. The hospitals don't work unless you can afford it. And even then, if you can afford it, you have to negotiate and bicker to the point where people are often waking up during an operation of anesthesia and asked to pay a higher amount to continue the surgery. So there's a problem right there. That is the real problem. That is the uh, hearing the screws fall out of your tire, right, on your highway trip. Now, hmm, I hear something in the wheel. It's kind of wobbling. Guess I'll just keep going at 70 miles an hour. No, you need to pull over and find out what the hell's going on. So because people were unwilling and are unwilling to even address it, shadism, sexism, casteism, Religious uh, discrimination, right? Colonial worship. Well, you have a Petri dish of diseases right there. Now, all you have to do is sneeze on somebody and spread that Petri dish all over, and you have a complete collapse of the medical infrastructure. Now, let's talk about America. Uncomfortable conversations, There was an article the other day about some woman who was a fitness lady. And nobody, they want to shut her down. They hate her guts now. She was really liked for a while because she was a fitness lady. And then she mentioned this horrible thing. She said something just horrific. She said, now, we need to do a trigger warning. I hope the kids aren't listening. I hope people at home are safe. Just giving you a warning. She said, that obesity was a major source of the health crisis in the United States. That's what she said. So they figured out from her saying that, that she hated Lizzo. So I don't know who Lizzo is, but apparently she's an obese entertainer who runs around in bikinis and is proud to be grotesquely obese. I think David Nick, he's a big fan of hers. He has a Lizzo poster <laughs> in his bedroom on the ceiling. Why it's on the ceiling, I have no idea. Every but day. but um, for her saying that, they said it was a direct attack on Lizzo. Now, how do you go from someone making a statement of fact that clogged arteries, overtaxed kidneys, congested lung, sheer joints because of grotesque obesity is an attack on an individual. So that uncomfortable thing she said, it made people uncomfortable. So instead of learning from that comfort and pulling their hand off the fire, they stuck their face in the fire and said we should condemn and attack her. If we condemn and attack her, The fire won't burn us as much. You see the logic? This is twisted and sick. Then you get to this thing I'm asking people today. I was asking people today and yesterday, and I have yet to get a good answer. I got one good answer from Manny, actually. He said, we just have to stand by and observe this. I ask everybody, you know, in medicine, in America, the way medicine is administered, it's a pay-to-play business. It's a business, money business. Band-Aids are $100 in a hospital, right? You go to the hospital, you get a Band-Aid, $100. You get a ride in an ambulance. They just had a lady, I guess her son died in an ambulance. They sent her a bill for $20,000 to declare him dead. So the, to declare you dead, it costs $20,000. That's America, right? That's why they run medicine. Literally, there's a case right now. Ladies said, I'm not going to pay the bill. They said, we're going to take your house. Well, my son just died, and all you did was declare him dead and pushed him out the ambulance. Took him to the funeral home. What? what? What are you 20 grand for? Okay, that's mayor. Anything you need, you can get if you can buy it. Right? Anything you need. Uh, my eye doctor gave me some eye drops, right? Make you see real good. He said, Yeah, go get some at the, I'm going to give you a prescription to go get. It. I went to the drugstore to get a prescription for these eye drops. they were $1,500. I said, No, nah, I'll just go on and use some fucking fresh water, whatever. It, I I don't need to see that good. Okay, I don't need X-ray vision. Okay, I'm I'm happy. I, I got 20/20 vision. I don't need, you know, 10/10 vision. Okay, so, I'm gonna pass on the fifteen hundred dollar eye drops. Right, that's business in America. Huh? You need? You got diabetes? You you overdid it at at Mickey D's? You got diabetes? I don't know. What's an insulin shot cost? What's per shot? A
2: grand. A grand, really? Well, isn't a grand probably insulin?
1: Yeah, $1, I mean $1,000. Yeah. 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 Got to get one every day, huh? Look. $1,000 a day. Look at what they feed you at the hospital. Well, I'm just, I'm um, what's the cost yeah. of insulin shot? Oh, I'm, I'm,
3: I mean, I'm sure it's a lot, like 50, 60 bucks. I don't know if it's a grand. Yeah, yeah. What but it's it, it each shot. A month oh, supply. insulin. Yeah. Oh, a month supply, yeah. Okay, a month supply,
1: 1000 Okay, that's cool. Okay, that that's the way. Okay, that's the standard, right, Vin? That's the money. Now, all of a sudden, you get fifi. They come out with the Moderna. What's the other one? Pfizer. Pfizer Pfizer Moderna Johnson and Johnson. Johnson, and Johnson Same people that bought you talcum powder, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnson Johnson bought you talc. Pfizer, Pfizer who brought you uh, what was that Oxyco- oxycodone? And what was the other one that's making your your butt bleed that they had out and they had to oh, take well, it off the collect- yeah, that one for the
3: fat. Pfizer just getting sued for 800 some odd billion dollars for some medicine for women who get menopause that's giving them cancer. Yeah, okay. just recently
1: so, got it, sued. It, okay. So, anyway, so for these great companies come out with the vaccine for the cofeefee. And these all of a sudden these companies become extremely magnanimous. <laughs> extremely magnanimous. They just had a Jesus moment. Vaccine is free. Not only is it free, but they'll give you a donut or a Mac Jack burger and a Pepsi and a ticket to Disneyland, I heard. Huh? So you can get diabetes and go to Nazi land. And all you have <laughs> to do is take the Kofifi shot. Now, I'm not telling people what to do. I know there's a lot of people who find a lot of safes that make sense to take the kofifi shot. That's fine. I'm, I'm not pro or con. But damn it, Nazi land and diabetes to do it? That in itself makes me question... These people, they've done all, they have no history of being gracious, no history of goodwill towards their fellow person. What happened? You know, nobody's able to give me a good answer because we have been induced into this comfort zone that we don't want to have any uncomfortable conversations. So in exchange for that, in exchange for that moment of ease, that lack of depth, we've given up that intimate connection to life itself. It's just like a couple that doesn't have deep conversations. The love goes away. You talk about people who have what they call uh, infidelity, and there is cheating, they call it infidelity, infidelity, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of times, if you sit and talk to people, the reason they're doing it is because there's some real basic stuff that isn't going on in that relationship that they never talk about. And the love just rots away. So in exchange for being comfortable, you lose everything, and you become the most uncomfortable you've ever been. The uncomfortable conversation. And I'm saying, I apply this to everything I've talked about and this Kofifi thing. I'm not telling you what to do. I just want everybody to ask, why are they given free uh, candies, donuts, and 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 amusement park rides. And before you answer, just consider, in the grand scheme of everything else that's ever gone on. They used to have a common disease that was killing a bunch of Mediterranean black people called sickle cell anemia, right? They never gave free free uh, what soul food for every. That got the shot and the shot and and a soul food. What's the soul food dish that, you, that people said? So collard greens. Yeah, they never gave free collard greens and the shot, did they? Isn't that interesting? What about the people who are struggling with AIDS? Don't they have some kind of AIDS kit now that you could take and you can just have AIDS and just keep partying? What's a, they have some uh, thing. They don't give you free what? Cotton candy with your, with your AIDS pills? So why this? That's all. I'm not saying one thing or another, but can we have... This is uncomfortable. Yeah. It's making me itch just thinking about the question. Yeah. I'm getting hives.
3: I, I think there, there's that term, there's that term, um, um, appeal to authority, where, where we've kind of fallen into a place where we are appealing to whatever the authority says. And if authority says it, we don't question it. And we, we, we don't question it because it's almost become... Authority has almost become a religious concept and so if authority speaks it's as though it's like it was people going to church oh you didn't have your holy communion why not why don't you have your holy communion? why don't you have your vaccine um wh- because authority tells you to do it the pope says it the person said it you should do it don't question it because that
1: person is infallible almost yeah well see that doesn't work for me but I say to the people that opt out, I'm not sent to make any choices other than always question authority, always ask about it. Would that be wrong? Is that wrong just to say, uh, what's up? Because I'm not sure about this thing of blindly following, and I've seen families are now falling apart over this. Um, there's a, a tremendous amount of social tension there's a certain amount of social alienation. Um, and what people do with the pandemic is whatever prejudices or, or issues they have are magnified. Because you look at people and you decide that they probably have the covfefe and some don't. Right? Just like you look at somebody and say, oh, that person probably has an STD. They a lot of- I, I'm that way. i got to be honest. I see somebody with a lot of tattoos. I just automatically think STDs because yeah no I I, I, I I admit it I own it that's all I'm saying because I feel like you have really poor judgment for you know doing all those tattoos yeah right I just see that as poor judgment that's I don't I don't know if that's the way it is I'm not knocking people with tattoos I'm just saying it's kind of it looks dirty to me and you probably don't make good decisions about other
3: things well aren't we also going backwards where we're going back into segregation there is. Uh, the, uh, New- to watch a New York Knicks game, you can't go in unless you get a vaccine. If you don't have a vaccine card, you're segregated from the rest of the population. There is this wave of pure segregation. It's kind of like a bifurcation of between those who have had it I and didn't those know that. who is do not. Right? So you- it's very sickening. It, there's a concert in Florida where it's $18 for you to go see this concert with all these big uh, players. It's $1000 if you don't have your vaccine. $18 I, I, how if you do, do you do
1: prove that you've been vaccinated. Who
3: knows card, whatever it okay, is, okay. probably I think a tattoo. You card when
1: you do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. so it, okay. it, it's
3: a strange where we, we are in the like as you say Z, the Kali-Yuk, because we are in backwards world. We're in bizarre world. So they
1: actually give you a card mm-hmm. that yeah. you present to somebody. Yeah. So that is in violation of HIPAA rules, isn't it? What? That's in violation of medical confidentiality. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it, yeah it's your it is. personal business. The HIPAA what, rules is yeah. You, you, no one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is a good point. This 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 is where we're at. So they have this con- this concept of the, the HIPAA rules are basically your right to have your medical information private. Yes. Right. Yeah. So if you give up that right, you get a discount at a concert. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I'm just saying it's interesting. I'm not telling people what to do, yeah. not to do. I'm just saying that's pretty it's interesting. It's strange how we how how we how
3: even this the mass public has accepted the fact that it's okay now to segregate people based on their choices of medically taking something or not taking something. It's 2021, and we're still and we're going back to segregation.
1: Well. Yeah, I think there's a layer to that. I I don't want to be around a bunch of sick-ass people, even though I run a wellness business. (laughs) I I prefer not to be around a bunch of people hacking, coughing, things like that uh, in a rude way. I know the risk. I I like to manage my risk um, of whoever I'm exposed to. I work with people every day who are going through medical issues. Also, mental health exposure to People with mental health disease can be as contagious if you've ever been around enough crazy people and you have conversations with them. You start to get crazy because the more you try to understand crazy, the crazier you have to be. So there are things you do to kind of ground yourself and clean yourself. There are rituals you go through, hygiene rituals you go through, both both, uh, gross and energetic in order to separate yourself from the client Um, and just how you live your life that you try not to be in a bunch of dispirited, a crowd of dispirited people uh, who are, have maybe negative energy and stuff like that because then you start to buy into that. So there are things we do to guard ourselves. Let's put it that way. And can I would I, say...
3: Can I have a quick question? Yeah,
1: sure. So, so, in, so why, uh,
3: for example, why isn't, just to be curious, why isn't there an option of, okay, I have the vaccine or, hey, here's my antibody test. There's not even an option for people to prove that that they're already immune I, to it. I would it. go
1: even further that at this point you're giving up so much personal information sure. just to move about. But even telling it's, somebody
3: that, hey, listen, I've already had it, and which is proven scientifically that if you've had it, you have the antibodies, you don't need to get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, that's, why, that's is it, why is that even looked down upon?
1: Well, interesting enough, there's you know I, I get that. Uh, I know my nephew is going through it right now. He got the vaccine and traveled and came back and got it, the virus again and he was sick for a couple of days and he was okay but even after being vaccinated it didn't stop him from getting the cofifi um i don't know if the vaccination gave him the cofifi or did he get it and then was exposed to co- either way he went through that and it's causing a lot of tension in the home because you know his wife is is pro cofifi vaccinations and pro-whatever-the-narrative-is. And that's 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 challenging. Um, we don't know. What, what's wrong? What's It's uncomfortable to say you don't know. It's uncomfortable to say, I'd like to check it out. I'd like to think about it. Um, it's like somebody giving you a deadline. I need to know this afternoon, yes or no. Well, you know what? It's going to take me a little longer to investigate. So I can't give you an answer today. Or right now, I think that's kind of prudent and intelligent to do that. But yet, not just with the the pandemic, but in life in general, we really avoid uncomfortable conversations, and we're constantly seeking this idea of the of the non-challenged existence. And what I've seen is it it, it destroys relationships, families, siblings, partners, friendship, business relationships. You know, we've been trying to find a babysitter for a while. So we go on babysitters.com or whatever. And we had two young ladies that we thought we liked and they came by and one came one day. And uh, my babysitting thing is very easy. They just have to watch the kids and play Legos with them while I work work at home. And, and do our Dharma media stuff. And my wife does her thing. She may come to the office or whatever. So we just need that time. One young lady, after one day's work, said, you know what, I have mental health issues and I'm on medication. It was just really hard for me to be there and give you the attention you need. I, I didn't. We didn't do anything. So that didn't work out. Another young lady comes. It seems to be working out. And we said, my wife gave her a list of things to do after the kids are easy to deal with, but can you pick up after them and do that? So she didn't do any of that, and I just didn't police it. I just said, oh, yeah, great, let's see how it works out. Then her mom called and demanded her pay right away and said it was just too grueling. Too grueling to sit and play like, you didn't even do what we asked you to do. So the more and more that we live in this kind of world, the less and less people Seem to be capable of functioning because it's like that. Remember that weird movie where it was like Wall-E or something? Yes, the future. Yes, and 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 people are just big marshmallows. We're pretty close with robots doing everything, not just physically marshmallows, but emotionally they're marshmallow. Yeah, everything was at a fingertip. Yeah, and so the difficult conversations on the large and small level first with each other with your intimate partner, if you're a parent with children. Hey, you know, I need you to clean up the house a little more, pick up after yourself. People get divorced over that. Hey, I need you to, you know, clip your toenails or something. You're growing uh, you're growing turkey feet. You know, <laughs> it's not cool, and it's kind of turning me off. I need you to use a little more fabrice in that bathroom after you come out. I don't want to think of my beloved in that stinky manner, with booty stink, Right? These are difficult conversations. You have these conversations, you actually get closer because the opportunity to resolve issues. With friends and things like that. Hey, you're not showing up for me and I'm showing up for you or let's talk about it. And sometimes you see people, wow, I didn't know. I didn't, that's not what my intention was. And you actually get closer to the person. So uncomfortable conversations, as we are speaking about today, are, are, are central to opportunities for closeness, for personal growth and and for collective unions of families and friendships. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, Z, I
0: completely agree with you. Uh, I think that if we consider the types of conversations you're mentioning, some are just about our understanding of the world and our willingness to go against a dominant narrative and question assumptions. And this, to me, It gets me riled up because it goes back to the entire premise of science, that we start with a working hypothesis or a certain idea, but we're always looking to test that idea and see if we can find something better. Now, I will say that these uncomfortable conversations, it's not something that is just present in today's day and age. You can go back years and you think about the scientific revolution and the threat that posed to the church back in the day And people were imprisoned for their ideas because it went against the dominant narrative. So certainly not something uh, that has just sprung up. Uh, But in today's day and age, maybe it's worse. I don't really know. But whether it's worse or it's the same, it's destructive. I mean, especially if we're a society that today prides ourself on reason and prides ourselves on discovery and science. We should be willing to have those conversations and say, yeah, you know what? Number one, to your point, Z, we can say, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm still gathering evidence. I'd like to hear both sides of the argument. Uh, But it's strange because that perspective is completely shut down. You've got a dominant narrative or maybe you've got multiple narratives, but whatever group you're a part of wants you to go along with the dominant way of thinking Uh, There's a tribal aspect to it. You have to do that or you're just pilloried and you're beaten into submission. You're kicked out of the group. Uh, That example you had about fat. So we're not allowed to say anymore that someone is fat and question whether that is going to cause severe health problems. Uh, Is it good policy for our society to be fat and unhealthy? Uh, Is it good at the individual level? Uh, Instead, there's a narrative around fat and fit, which I know your views on. Uh, you're pretty vehemently against that, but even if you entertain the idea of fat and fit, that should be su- subject to scrutiny. You know, let's take a look at this and examine the evidence and make a determination. But as soon as you do that, uh, you're fat shaming. Uh, or I've brought up this example in the past. I think about J.K. Rowling, the author of uh, Harry Potter, and she came out and said something like only men can or only women can have babies men cannot have babies okay seems pretty straightforward to me but then she got the entire transgender fluidity community up in arms like how dare you say that how can you make such a statement haven't we suffered enough there's no scope for having these discussions so that is is extremely odd. Now, I don't know how much of that comes from ego and not wanting to hurt someone's feelings, how much of it is tribal, and the identity of the group comes from certain narratives and everyone has to pile on. But it's a big problem. As we've talked about in the past, if you can't challenge ideas and have those uncomfortable conversations, you can't evolve. You can't get to a better way of thinking a better way of being, you need to have a certain amount of conflict to move forward. So it's very odd to me that we can't have these conversations in today's day and age, or to the extent that we can, it's, it's on the fringes. Uh, I was reading an article about a site that was frequented by a lot of people in Silicon Valley. I think it was a blog that someone had set up, and people liked it because it attracted all different types of individuals. So you had some people who were blue-collar workers. You had some tech billionaires. uh, You had some artists. Broad cross-section of people. And nothing was off-limits. So you could discuss whatever you wanted to discuss, and people brought their own views. And it was almost a safe space for having uncomfortable conversations. And eventually it was shut down for some reason. But it kind of goes to the point that there's no room to do this. I mean, to do this, you got to go to some – anonymous Silicon Valley sponsored site that no one's ever heard of. There's no public forum where we can have intelligent discussions Uh, because as soon as someone feels threatened or as soon as you go against whatever the dominant narrative is, people shut down and they start screaming. And then if anyone does have any, anything intelligent to say, it's like, why would you even want to bring that up? Uh, Why would you want to go through that kind of abuse? And we get into a situation that we've been talking about where you just opt out. You step out of it, uh, you go your own path, you find people who are open-minded, who are willing to consider different angles, who are interested in the truth or coming as close to the truth as they can, and constantly sharpening their understanding of the world. And if you can come in contact with those people, then great, you can have those discussions. But it also limits your interactions. It means that a lot of society is off limits. So that's something that's very strange. Uh, The personal conversations you mentioned are also strange. I I agree with you. I mean, I've had some uncomfortable conversations uh, with my wife, and invariably we get through it, and sometimes there are tears and sometimes there's pain, but we come out stronger. And at times, at least on my side, I I can't speak for her. I don't know how she feels about this, but I've become less sensitive. I mean, she can say things to me that are very blunt, and I, I know it's not personal, and I know that if it's something that bothers her, If we can remove it, it'll just smooth our interactions. Uh, So over time, I've gotten to the point where I I just don't take this stuff personally. And that's also something that I've tried to instill with my kids. Uh, It was a a point that you made, Z, around how even a dog can lay a bar of gold at your feet. So even if someone is abrasive, they come off as a little bit mean – they might be able to say something that's of use to us. So why not take the opportunity to take those nuggets of gold and move forward and don't worry about the rest, disregard the rest. But our interest should be in understanding the world, in truth, in personal evolution. And all of those things fall to the wayside when we can't have these uncomfortable conversations. So there are a couple of implications, Z, that come out of this. and One is that as we've talked about, there's just less scope uh, for these types of conversations. Uh, Maybe we need to step back. Uh, We need to form our close-knit communities, uh, have these discussions, maybe keep our views to ourselves. I don't really know. I mean, what is the best way to interact with the world? Uh, So if we accept the fact that we're in a world where certain conversations are off limits, intelligent thinking is circumscribed, We're going to be called out if we hurt someone's feelings, even though we have no possible way of knowing what's going to hurt someone's feelings or what's not. The logical conclusion from my standpoint is don't engage. And it's kind of a a sad outcome. Uh, Ideally, you want to be able to talk to as many people as possible. You want to interact with as wide a group as you can. Uh, there's a lot of value in my mind of having those different experiences and learning about people's backgrounds, bringing different points of view to bear. But if we can't do that and we opt out, is that the best we can do? I mean, do we have to take ourselves out of society or what's the right way to navigate this world that we live in?
1: Vin, um, you got me off guard there. Caitlin just showed me a really disturbing picture and, and, it inspired me to think what you're saying. You said you, you talk about withdrawing. And I think, again, about that biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm not a Christian or anything like that. I do appreciate theologies of all kinds. And I look at the different metaphors in those and screen through the, the junk in them. Um, surround yourself with like minded people. Trust your own instincts, trust nature, trust mother nature, and go with her. Again, physics is the study of natural phenomena. No matter how loud you yell or how much you stomp your feet or how much you uh, rally up a blog post or internet shame people, nature is nature, physics is physics. If something smells like shit, it's probably shit. Or it's infected and rotting. Trust your senses. If you see something abhorrent and abominable, it probably is. No matter what they paint it with or tell you, there used to be a time when you would go to the circus and they would have the, come see the fat man. You pay so much, fat man. Then you have another tent with the bearded lady. And you would go and see it. It was called the Freak Show. And you would pay X amount of for free. Then you see different things the midget, the tall person, whatever it is giraffe boy. You go, wow, that's interesting. I'll pay to see that. I'll pay 30 cents to see that. Well, the circus freaks are just out now. And you can see them for free. But you remember, they're circus freaks. These Some of these politicians, some of the policies they're putting forward, uh, even some of the narratives, if it's too hard to explain, I remember a teacher telling me once, if you look at the ingredients of food, and it's too hard to explain what it is, if the word is too long, if the chemical makeup is of a compound word, then you shouldn't eat it. Well, somebody has too many labels to who they are, you might want to just go the other way. It's too much. Who has the bandwidth for this if you're really working on yourself? And that's the uncomfortable conversation you might have to have with a few friends. It's like, you know what? This is a little much for me. And it doesn't smell right. It doesn't look right. So sure as hell, I ain't going to taste it. So I'm gonna just kinda go over here and I'm gonna just take the middle road. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not telling you how to live your life. And if your feelings are hurt, I wish you well because you know what, I don't own your feelings. I have no sway over your feelings. If I bring injury to to you, it is not without malice, but it's up to you how you deal with that injury. If you believe that I brought you injury it's up to you to deal with how you're going to deal with that injury. See, a car can hit you. And that person is liable for that accident. But that liability is going to determine whether that was a malicious hit? Was it an accident? Was it the fault of the manufacturer? But you're still hit. So how that all comes together, there there is a math to that. Who's liable? And then what do you do with what you have left? Maybe it's a hit and run. You got to get up, wipe yourself off, or figure out how to make it without any compensation. This is how life works. This is how we work. It will not be mutually satisfying to everybody. I always say in negotiation, we should negotiate to a mutual level of discomfort. I want a little more than you want to give, And you give a little more than you wanted to give, and I I get a little less than what I wanted. That's mutual discomfort. But it works out for everybody. So we live in interesting times. And as it was said in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, get out and don't look back. Hold on to your own sensibilities. Don't buy into some of the stuff you see. Caitlin's sitting here laughing at me because she's coming up with bizarre news stories. Just utterly bizarre circus-type news stories where it is so depressing that I have to detach from it. I just have... And she's getting the biggest kick out of this in a long time. She's just harassing David and I. It's just more and more, just an endless download of bizarro. And you're supposed to say it's not bizarre. And it is bizarre because if you're a student of nature, if you're a student of physics and gravity and science, you know when something ain't right. So I would say have the uncomfortable conversation. And if you can't have it, don't be around those people. Limit your time with people you can't have that with. Why Life is short. Why spend time with people that you can't be open and comfortable with? Why spend your time with people that don't offer you any growth? Even if it's a family member, hell, you don't owe them anything. You're in a family not because you passed some test or chose, or you sent them a resume or curriculum vitae and they chose you. You're in a family because of a moment of lust, a moment of lust, and a uh, and, and the whim of fate. That's how you end up in that family. There might have been a plan for three kids or two kids, whatever it was, but they never asked you. Now you're saddled to these people. You might or might not like them. But the test is, can you have the uncomfortable conversation? Right? When it comes to politics, social things, uh, worldviews, sexism, racism, classism, you can't talk to them about stuff like that without it going... Uh, going uh, south then maybe you want to limit your time around those people. So as homework I would say to all of those opt-outs take note of the people you can have the uncomfortable conversations with and not through proxies or through rumor or talking to somebody else to talk to them. Can you have uncomfortable conversations? Because the uncomfortable conversation, as we said in the beginning, is the key to the door of intimacy and connection. You follow me? Um,
3: <sighs> yeah, com- comfort is, uh, is nice. And unfortunately, we, we all kind of fall into it. And that can fall into the people who want to be called different names and want to be addressed by different realities. Because they want to be comfortable in their, 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 their own space that they've created, uh, it makes them feel special. And I think that kind of is, um, is a trap.
1: I mean, none of us are special. We're not that interesting. Nobody's that interesting. Yeah. You ain't
3: freaking Einstein. Yes. Yeah. But that, but, but, but that comfort, uh, is, is so enticing. But then when we start realizing that, that hat, but being more uncomfortable leads to more comfort, uh. That's the trick, but it's hard to get
1: there. There you go. Okay, then what do you think? Don't show me any more weird
2: pictures. (laughs) I emailed it to you, Ben. (laughs) Um, Now he's scarred. Yeah, on comfort. um, It just reminds me of how it's the easy way out and shortcuts don't lead you anywhere. You end up paying more for them in the end. So um but I understand cuz I used to always seek comfort but then in the process of obviously coming here working with you I had to unravel that
1: <laughs> I, all the time.
2: But but that's a big part of my generation's struggle is that it's so easy to be comfortable and like look at the pandemic like they were like promoting stay at home jobs and now every job is remote which is nice but now it's just like it's easy to just get stuck in that and, uh, and to not go out and challenge yourself because you don't have to work as hard to, to do that. And um, So I, uh, I'm trying myself to defy that, even though.
1: And in it's that a pursuit of comfort, challenge. this whole at home isolation thing, people becoming more isolated, uh, more socially inept, a more loneliness, higher levels of depression and anxiety than ever, they said right now. Yeah. Um, they highest suicide rate. Highest level of suicide, right? Yeah. So what did that really get you? What did the comfort get you? So you don't have to go anywhere. You can sit at home all day and work from home all day. Never go outside. Now you're vitamin D deficient, right? You have no social skills. Uh, you have an interact with another human being and you're maybe having VR intimacy or something <laughs> like this or text to sex or something. And you wake up one day and there's no visceral loop. You go into cortical collapse. So what what, what did it get you? Hmm. Good question. But that's it for me, Vin. Those are my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I'm still reeling from this picture that you told Caitlin to send me. It's, it's I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. Thanks for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we won't we won't even get into that. This this that's on Caitlin. She's just doing that to get back yeah, at it. I She's... saw
2: that literally as you're talking about these topics about how the people try to get the world the world to you know conform but what i think and now i don't don't think i'm going to include this on the podcast this has nothing to do with this topic (laughs) but maybe this could be another thing the interesting thing to me is he's saying she sorry i go back and forth but like a lot of trauma because they weren't treated very well for like the hospital's not set up for trans pregnancies it's barely set up for women's pregnancies. Look at how many American What's women... What's the
1: mortality rate for black children in a hospital anyway?
2: Yeah, and that's what I thought was like, wow, what, like, even more... Pre- like, now he's using yeah. his the man part of his brain where he's like, oh, I'm not getting all this, like, attention and all this. And I'm just like, you know, you're just finally seeing what it's like to be a woman. And yeah.
3: Yeah, it, it, it would be nice if, if, if everyone just... If you want to if you identify as a woman and that's how you feel, be a woman. Excuse my language, just shut the F up. Just just be it. Yeah. But don't go out of your way to try to hey, you gotta you you have to do it too. You have to be part of my
1: I think there's so much of that too as we close. Um, I was in the restaurant today and a man had a two hundred pound poodle. As a service dog. Did you, did you see that? I saw that earlier. And it had oh. some sort of a surgery on its head.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was snapping at people. Yes. And I remember when I was a kid, the na- there was a dog named Jock in the neighborhood. It was a standard poodle. I believe that's what they call it. Big ass dog. And, and every kid in the neighborhood had been attacked by Jock. They're supposed to be some of the most vicious dogs there are. And he knew that the dog was aggressive. He knew that it was lunging at people. And you could see that he was getting some form of pleasure out of the fact that everybody is being accommodated for, though it imposes upon others. So him walking around with a vicious animal in a restaurant. Now, everybody's uncomfortable. But he felt special. So we collectively have to have an uncomfortable conversation. That those of us who are thinking and opting out, just we have to avoid this. It's getting bad. And because we don't talk about it, and we don't come up with plans, it's getting worse, not better. It's getting worse. This is really not cool. You know what? I just want to go to the restaurant and pick up my gluten-free brownie. I don't want to have to mace a dog. And have a knife fight with its owner. I just want to get my brownie. I'm all for your right to have a comfort companion or whatever it's called. Comfort monkey, comfort dog, Whatever you have to have. But can you do it so that it's not close enough me that I get fleas? I don't want to have fleas, nor do I want to be attacked by a wild animal in the process of my day. Because your comfort requires you be in the company of a wild dog. You see? This is where we're headed. This is where we're headed. How about whatever you're into, whatever your thing is, that it's, check this out, it's your thing. And you keep it to yourself. Yeah. You understand? That'd be so How nice. about that? What harmony will we have in this
3: world? I think even people would be more respectful of other people, much more respectful of other people, if they just did their own thing and kept it their own thing. Yeah, because I don't care what other people's thing is. But if we just saw it, we'd like, oh, that's beautiful. You're just being yourself.
1: Or if I didn't see it, that'd be better. (laughs) How about that? How about that? Yeah. Wow, what an idea. That's it, Vin. Caitlin threw us off track here.
0: Yeah, yeah, Caitlin's uh, just enjoying this as well. She's enjoying making everyone feel uncomfortable. I think it makes her feel special, just like that dude with that crazy dog. Yeah, 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 come on, Caitlin. A little bit of respect. Anyway, we can wrap over here. Good discussion, Z. On the uncomfortable conversations, you're right. We need to manage the interaction with people who can't have those conversations. I don't know if there's any way around it. Maybe in the future, we'll figure out some way to engage again, not be so sensitive, uh, be willing to hear things that differ with our point of view. Uh, But today's not that day, so let's step back. And the other thing I'll mention, uh, which came up, is this idea of being in touch with visceral sensation and having that visceral loop. Uh, When we're too far in our head, that's when things go awry and we can listen to any narrative and anything that's crazy might be true because we have no way of testing it out. So to the extent that we can get back in touch with the things uh, that we can feel and we can see and we can experience, that to me gives us a much better way of making up our own mind as to what's correct, what's not correct, and then we can make our own decisions. So... Yeah, that's it on my end. Uh, Good discussion. And uh, talk to you next week. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.